Hey friends, thanks for listening to the Axiom Podcast. Um, We're a community centered around experiencing Jesus together and practicing His ways as a community. Uh, We like to say in Peoria as it is in heaven. Um, So this podcast is just space for discussion and exploring um, ideas and principles of the kingdom and also where we post uh, our sermons from Sunday gatherings. So um, please engage us online and uh, hope you enjoy this episode. In parents and adults, what does Advent mean? Yeah, we're speaking in tongues out there. This is great. It, it's the arrival. Arrival is the, the term that Advent comes from. And this arrival, though, for the, Christmas, for the Christian tradition is something that we prepare ourselves for, that we enter into as a season. It's intended to help shape us and form us for something that we expect to happen, which, of course, is the coming of Christ. I really hope my iPad didn't just die, although that'd be fun for you guys. (laughs) And in Advent, we celebrate hope. What else do we celebrate? Love. Love. Peace, hope, love, and joy. That's right. And we light these candles in Advent to represent the vigil that we as followers of Jesus, in the midst of darkness, we carry vigil in anticipation of Christ come. We hold the light. We keep it burning. We keep watch, knowing that Christ will come. And not just that he came as a child, but we recognize that he also will come again one day. And this is, of course, the second coming of Christ. We read about this in the text over and over again. Jesus himself talks about it in Matthew 24, 42. He says, therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. And then at the very end of the scriptures in Revelation, we read, amen, come Lord Jesus. And I bring this up because as followers of Jesus, we are an Advent people, that we always are living in this anticipation and expectation of the coming of Christ. We celebrate, in the words of Max Licata, we celebrate the first Advent to whet our appetites for the second. So if we know that Christ has already come into the world once, and he will come again a second time, What can we learn from the first coming? What can we learn from Christ entering into the world as a child? And here's what I'm trying to suggest here, is that we know in our own story about the narrative of Christ entering into the world, and we also know that Christ is to return again. So what is it that we are intended to take from the first story to prepare us for the second Well, this is good news to us. It's news of something that's already taken place in part. So we have something to go with. Let's look at that story now. In Luke chapter 2, verse 4 through 7, we read, and this is after Caesar had issued a census, 
It says, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now, I want to hold this text for a moment that while this is just a short piece of the story, in this passage alone, we are given something by Luke to help shape the way we live our lives in light of the fact that Christ has already come and that he will come again. Two things I want to point out here. First is, as you see, there is no place for them in the end. It's at the end of the passage here. I want us to think about that for a second. And secondly, you can go to the next one as well. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and placed him in a manger. Now, if we go back to this first one, there was no place for them in the end. Think about this. Christ comes to the world that he created, and there was no place for him. It amazes me how this story, even today, 2,000 years later, we have a similar challenge in our world. That Christ knocks at the door of all of our lives and often finds that nobody answers. If we think about our own Christmas story, we think about our own holiday, is there room for Christ at the end? <laughs> Thomas Merton says, Christ, it's as if Christ comes uninvited. First, in our daily rhythm, we must find space to give Christ room in our lives. But second, not just in our hearts or in our practices, but what about when it comes to others? How many of you have needed a place to call home? Is there a single person that doesn't need an N? There's not. And the same is true for Christ. See, the truth is we cannot prepare him room without also preparing room for others. Think about it in your own story. Have you made room for the stranger, the outcast, the sinner, the liberal, the alt-right, the heretic and the saint alike. Who is it that we need to make room for? My prayer is that our hearts and our family and our home and our church would become that end for you and for others.
But that doesn't happen because we heard a Christmas story. It happens because each of us make a decision to create room for Christ first. This is the gift of Christmas, is that God takes a whole bunch of closed-off people and He opens them wide open. He changes their hearts. He changes our thinking. He helps us to become the kind of people who eagerly make space for others. And so perhaps we need to pause and consider opening up, inviting Christ (coughs) to be born in us. But it's not just enough to invite Christ to be born in our lives. Because in our life, if we're honest, our struggle is not saying hi to somebody, opening the door for somebody. Our struggle gets down into the very real life day-to-day things. And we need to think about this for a second. How many areas of your life are you working to complete, to finish, to cross off your list, to accomplish? How many spaces are you trying to fill it all the way up to the max? Where in your life is there room? And this, again, is so much of the story. It's not just that we are making room for Christ. It's that our very way of being in the world is not one of filling ourselves up to the brim, but it's one of emptying ourselves out. It's the the road of surrender, release, letting go. It's not the world of demand or of resolve and solution. It's the world of openness. Because in the world of finish lines and to-do lists, Jesus doesn't get the final word. And that's the discipleship motif. That we live a life in a perpetual, I'll say, um, unresolved space. We are constantly as Christians not fully fulfilled yet. And the reason for this is because if we were ever to be a people of hope, we can't always be people of Fridays. And this is our challenge. We have to learn to live in deliberate unfulfillment. Because we're not people of answers. We're people of hope. We're not people of escape. We're people of presence. Politicians compete for the highest offices. Business tycoons scramble for a bigger and bigger piece of the pie. Armies march and scientists study and philosophers philosophize and preachers preach and laborers sweat. But the silent baby 
lying in the humble manger, there pulses more potential, more power, and more wisdom and grace and aliveness than all the rest of us can imagine. The infancy of Christ in each of us. The space of the unresolved. Where the young mind learns to come alive. The young person learns to take their next step. We meet God on the edge of our we don't know what to do anymore spaces. And we allow God to offer his hand. This is what I mean by making room at the end is choosing to live in that posture. But secondly, as I stated, she wrapped him in strips of cloth and placed him in a manger. Now, I point this out because, and hear this, this is some of the most sacred text we have. Jesus is clothed in strips of cloth twice. Once at his birth and the second time at his his death. Christ has placed himself in your care. We are called to carry Christ. And this Advent story, this coming of Jesus into the world, teaches us this. Jesus in his birth and death, swaddled in the linen cloth, cared for by human hands. This means that we are not first solving the world's problems without first tending to the person of Jesus that's born in us, starting in the humble, small places. Not on the Christmas tree, but in the Christmas checkout line at Target, perhaps. Maybe in between wrapping presents and tucking your kid in at night. That's where you care for Christ. We live our life in this expectation or this place of goals and striving, but God is inviting us to live in the simple, mundane, ordinary spaces of our world. We carry Christ to the in-laws this evening. We carry Christ Christmas morning with our kids. We take up the slow work of repair, of reforming our churches, reforming our communities, reconstructing our steps, our homes, our parenting, our grandparenting. This is the space where we must be responsible to care for Christ. It's in the very regular parts of your life. Where we learn to speak the truth. And we make each decision in prayerful reflection of who Christ is in our part of the world. It's our task to, as Christmas people, 
to carry Christ in the same way that we carry the light into the world. We're invited to be light in the darkness. I think what I want to say is that the work will be small. It'll be irrelevant. It will be under the radar. It won't be in the headlines. It'll be like the shepherds in the field. It'll be like the magi following the star. It will feel unimportant in the face of all the raging noise around you. The widespread ecclesial and national decay. But it'll be the most important thing you've ever done in your life is to choose to carry Christ into your very regular, normal spaces. That's how we learn to sing with integrity. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appears and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. O night divine, when Christ was born. I want to invite us to take our candles and come forward in a moment. And as you do that, consider offering something very tangible in your life to Jesus. Consider naming one space in your very ordinary part of your life that you can commit to carrying him in. Let's do that now together. If you guys want to come forward, you guys will come down the sides and then make our suit.